0: Welcome to this special episode of the Doctority Plastic Surgery podcast. We are collaborating with the Time's Up PRS initiative, which promotes diversity in plastic surgery education and leadership. In this series, we will be interviewing plastic surgeons about their career paths and learning about the experiences that led them to become the successful surgeons that they are today. Dr. Stephen Williams is the founder and lead plastic surgeon of Tri-Valley Plastic Surgery. In his practice, he specializes in cosmetic, face, body, and breast work. He was the previous vice president of aesthetic surgery for the American Society of Plastic Surgeons and is currently the vice president of membership for the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. My first question is about your journey from childhood to medicine. This can include upbringing your major in college the moments that made you think you wanted to do medicine and why
1: of course so my name is Stephen Williams i am a board certified plastic surgeon practicing in northern california in the san francisco oakland bay area and i'm really honored to speak for times up for during black history month it's wonderful my background i attended a dartmouth undergrad i went to yale medical school and then went to yale for a residency training in plastic surgery and I currently practice in private practice plastic surgery in the Bay Area. I do some recon, a little bit of breast and hand. And I'm also vice president of membership for ASPS and was previous vice president of aesthetic surgery for ASPS. So I think like all of us, we're influenced by our environment and by our parents. And my parents were a very early influencer. My father originally worked for the space program and then made career, decided to become a doctor and took the family through medical school and residency. My mother's a school teacher and always emphasized education. And so I was exposed to medicine at a very early age. My initial intention was to actually do law. But as I got a little farther through my undergraduate education, I really realized that medicine called to me.
0: Next, I wanted to ask, how did you get from medicine to plastic surgery? Were there mentors that guided you to pursue plastic surgery or perhaps a specific case or diagnosis?
1: Yale has a wonderful plastic surgery program. And as a medical student, I was always underfoot. I knew as a medical student, I wanted to do something in the surgical field. Uh, I really enjoyed the immediacy of it. I I enjoyed the problem solving. And plastic surgery was a perfect combination of all those elements. It it required being a good doctor, technical skill and creativity. And again, I, I think we look up to the people that we see and those qualities that we admire in others reinforce our own desires. And there was a a plastic surgeon by the name of John Persing, who was the program director at Yale at the time. And I spent a lot of time with him and did some research with him. And he really encouraged me to go into plastic surgery. And and it was a really special uh, relationship. And I was the first African-American person, you know, in plastic surgery residency at Yale. And so it was kind of a very special time. And in some ways, I, I think he really consciously made that decision, even though there was a little bit of pushback, not necessarily from the surgery department, but there was a little bit of tension that they'd never had a black person uh, in the residency before. And plastic surgery in general is relatively sparse with African-American individuals. And so it was, I really took it as an honor that he thought that was a good fight to have, and, and I appreciated his leadership. Residency is always challenging. It's a challenging time and I've got a lot of gray hair. Back in the day, it was even more challenging before the 80-hour work week and those types of things. I really feel like Yale was a very supportive environment, actually. And I think that in many ways, it was just a normal residency, which was terrible and wonderful at the same time. Issues where I really recognized that I was an African-American or a minority really didn't come necessarily from the educational or the surgical field. Sometimes it came from the staff or sometimes from the patients. But it was one of those things that I, as a whole we worked through collaboratively. And it, it was clearly with a recognition that there were going to be moments that weren't perfect, but it was important to push forward.
0: What has your intersectionality of race, gender, culture, and nationality? met to your colleagues and to your patients?
1: It always seems around Black History Month I get asked that question. Tell us the bad experiences you had or tell us issues of overt racism or, or, or things that really stand out. And I think as I've gotten older, I think I tend to emphasize those stories less. And the reason why is not because they're not important or not because they're not part of my history or the institution's history or or reflect possible struggles that people who look like me or people who have other other elements that make them non-majority, not because they don't remain important, but I I think the conversation, it's important that you shift the conversation a little bit. There are always incidents that people can point out of discrimination, of bias, whether it's implicit or explicit. But I, I think that as we remember those moments, it's important to move the conversation forward and talk about where things are are going and the fact that podcasts like this or discussions like this are an important part of solving the problem and again not to forget the things that happened 20 years ago but to focus on some of the good things and and to amplify the conversations that we're having now and so that's kind of what i try to do now instead of remembering some of those bad stories and so it's clear that as an african-american male there's an underrepresentation. Of, of people that look like me in the specialty. And so at our practice, we have patients that come to us almost daily that say, I came to you because you're African-American. And I usually ask the patients, what do you mean by that? What about that that's important? And every once in a while they'll say, oh, well, because you understand our skin or you understand scarring. And I explain, plastic surgeons generally are focused on that. And we all have the ability to understand healing and and, and understand those types of things. But the patients that really strike me and the conversations I try to augment are when patients come to me and say, I came here because I feel like you'll listen to me. And I feel like you're going to take the things I say seriously and treat me like a patient. And those are really special moments because it's clear when my patients come to me and say that They're saying that because they may not be getting that same experience in other places or other parts of medicine. And so that always reminds me that there's a lot more work we have to do as a profession. Secondarily, I I think it's important when considering all those things that make us unique, whether it's gender identity, whether it's heritage, culture, ethnicity, I think it's always important to remember that there's a whole group of elementary school students, high school students, college students, medical students, residents who are looking to find people that they can identify with. And when they see that spark, when they see that that sameness in people in positions that they want to occupy, that builds a bridge. And that's a really important part of empowering those people that are coming up underneath you. That I really see as as a responsibility and something that I really try to foster and spend energy really embodying in my practice in my life. Because it's important that we see ourselves in the things that we want to be.
0: If you had one piece of advice for those coming up following you, what would it be?
1: I think that it's important to look at the people who are coming up behind you in some ways. And that's not to say that medical student needs to not pay attention to their future as medical students or as college students, every day you're driven by that. I've got to achieve, I've got to get an A on this test. I've got to make sure I, I do a great interview. I've got to make sure that I'm meeting kind of all these check marks to make sure I'm able to achieve my dreams. But it's really important at all levels to just take a moment and say, is there someone else I can help? Or is there someone my story will resonate with, or, Is there someone i can just say hey is there something i can do for you is there something i can is there a piece of advice i can help with i think that if all of us think a little bit more about the people who are trying to get to positions that we already occupy no matter where we are in the pathway it makes everyone's journey a little bit more achievable and i think that's really important so that's the piece of advice i would give and it's easy to forget that when you're in the beginning steps but sometimes those beginning steps are where people can be the most helpful. I think part of it is that kind of never stopping or never giving up type of thing and and to expect that there are going to be challenges and setbacks and not to see those as insurmountable obstacles, but to see them as part of the journey. And and I think that especially with high achievers and people in my field are almost uniformly high achievers where people that hold ourselves to very high standards. Especially in the beginnings, it's easy to say, I've had a setback or something's gone wrong, and then to think, well, that's the end of the world. And I think it's really important. And what I was told is every single setback is an opportunity to learn and grow. And I know it sounds cliche, but if you really incorporate that into your perspective moving forward, then you see those things as real opportunities and you can leverage them to be able to move forward.
0: Is there anything from your CV that you would like us to highlight today?
1: I think that some of the most important work I'm doing right now is with ASPS. I've been a member of the ASPS obviously for a very long time. The American Society of Plastic Surgeons is the largest national and international body of board certified and and board certified equivalent plastic surgeons in the world. And they're doing great work for patient advocacy, for physician advocacy. But one of the things I think they've really been paying attention to is diversity. And it started with the creation of a diversity committee, which was done by prior leadership. Jeff Janice had a, a big hand in it. And it's been championed by subsequent presidents, including Lynn Jeffers and, and everyone else has come up through that to really incorporate diversity as part of what the ASPS does. And I've been a proud participant in that. I think that not only are we reminded daily that there's still work to do, not only in the world, but within our society itself. but that it's important work and it's work that not only is about making sure that plastic surgeons do better, but most importantly, and most critically that our patients do better as the world becomes a more diverse place. It's easy to think about our position and say the harassment or racism that I experience is less now than it was in the eighties. It is just by definition, but what's important to realize is our patients may even though the world's made progress and things are definitely better, our patients still feel that division and that separation, that disenfranchisement. And as physicians, it's important that we're able to interact with our patients for their very care, their very lives. And so I I think that the conversations about diversity are incredibly important, especially in healthcare, because some of those differences that we don't feel as much as physicians, other people may still feel in a very substantial way, and it's important that we recognize that diversity really is not only important for the doctor, for the society, but also for our patients. And so that's the work I'd, I'd really point to. As a, an aesthetic plastic surgeon, my work of publications is relatively small. The research and development work I do to be more in technology, and so we're really excited about some technological in, initiatives that we're going to bring to ASPS in terms of education and. Messaging and empowering our ability to to more tightly connect the ASPS community. And so that's really the work that I focus on outside of diversity. It's really um, some of the technological initiatives that can help move the society forward. I really want to commend the work that Wendy's done and the work that you guys have done as a team to really continue to be at the forefront of these conversations and move things forward. It's really a team effort and all of us moving things forward. And, and when you see The work that and the passion that people put into this, it really makes me want to work even harder and and do a better job. And so I think the message I would say is thank you for doing all this work and it's important work.
0: This was a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you for listening to the Doctority Plastic Surgery Podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing to our show via your favorite podcast service and following us on Instagram and Twitter. For more podcast episodes and residency information, check out our website, doctority.co. That's doctority.co. We love feedback from listeners, so please contact us through the website or through social media with your questions or suggestions. See you next time.